It's gonna be one of those days, Travis. Yeah? What does that mean? It means a Kids Corner episode where we change it up a bit. Wait, is that why we're wearing business formal again? That's right. It's time for another news broadcast. You ready? Standing by. We're live in five, four, three. Welcome to Jerusalem Daily News as it happened long ago. I'm Brian Wesley. This just in, a drought has hit the Holy Land around 1100 BC. And to find out why, we go to our on-site reporter, Samantha Lewis. Sam, are you there? I'm here, Brian, and it's not pretty. As you can see behind me, the fields outside the little town of Bethlehem are all dried up. And what livestock is there doesn't look very happy. Definitely not the land of milk and honey that it used to be. That's for sure, Brian. This is the land God gave to his people, the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt. He told them that if they followed his commandments, they would live well in this land. Looks like God didn't keep his part of the bargain. I wouldn't go that far, Brian. God's commands were pretty clear. It's not like don't worship idols and don't lie or steal or kill are hard to understand. And yet, I mean, look over there. People are sacrificing to idols right now. Ah, so it's the people that didn't live up to the deal. I would say so. I was able to interview a resident earlier to get his perspective on the situation. Yeah, it's bad around here. My wife Naomi, my sons and I can hardly scrape a living off our land, and it won't be long before we all go hungry. That's why we're packing up and heading out. Elimelech? Oh, there you are, dear. I was wondering what you wanted to do with this deed to the land we have. Should we sell it? No, sweetie, I don't think it's worth anything. And by the time we find a buyer, we'll be dead from hunger. So let's just keep the land and maybe the boys can sell it or make it worth something when they grow up. Speaking of the boys, they're having trouble tethering the ox to the cart. You might need to help them. Of course. Uh, Sorry to cut the interview short, but we're very busy. We'll never make it to Moab at this rate. These boys will drive me to an early grave. Pardon us. Nice family. Where did they say they were going? The land of Moab. It's not far from here, just on the other side of the Salt Sea. Still, moving to another country doesn't sound like it's going to be easy. Could they just, I don't know, turn away from idols and obey God's commands? I mean, I'm right there with you, Brian. It sounds like a lot easier of a fix than what they're doing right now. But people will do some strange stuff when it comes to obeying God, or not obeying Him as the case may be. True, true. We've got a program break coming up, folks, but don't go away. We'll be right back with more news from the Holy Land right after this. This Jerusalem Daily Broadcast is brought to you by the House of Bread Bakeries. Taste the leaven. Welcome back, folks. It's been more than 10 years since we last reported to you live on the famine outside the town of Bethlehem. And we return to Sam in the field. Where are you right now, Sam? Thanks, Brian. I decided to follow our friends from Judah to see if their situation had improved. This house behind me is where they moved to 10 years ago, and, well, it's not been as good as they had hoped. Really? I would think that compared to living in a land of famine, anything else would be a step up. Not so this time, I'm afraid. After they settled in, the husband died rather suddenly. Oh, not good. No. But since then, the boys grew up and got married. I was able to get an invite to the party and interviewed the girls. We're just so excited to be getting married to these boys. My Killian is super studly. I don't know, Orpa. I think that Melon is quite the dreamboat. You would think that, Ruth. I think you both are quite lucky. 
Let's not fight on international news. Oh, we're not fighting. We're practically sisters at this point. Yeah, Naomi has welcomed us with open arms. We love her so much, and being part of her family means more than anything to me. To us. Back to you, Brian. Well, it's sad to hear about Naomi's husband dying and all, but it looks like the move to Moab worked out for her after all. Good times are ahead, and now to weather with Lionel. Thanks, Brian. As you can see, over the Salt Sea, there seems to be a long-awaited rainy season that's coming to the land of Judah. This is great news for those who rely on that land for food and income. And as far as my ancient weather charts can tell, God has come back to help his people in their distress. Wonderful news. I wonder how this will affect our feature story. Huh? I've just been informed that the family of Elimelech has suffered another tragedy. Samantha Lewis has the story. More sad news. Can't this family catch a break? Another funeral. The widowed mother, Naomi, looks on as her two sons are buried next to their father. Beside her, her now widowed daughters-in-law mourn the loss of their husbands, and the family is left with a hard decision. Do they stay or do they go? I've decided to go back to my home. Moab was supposed to be an escape from hardship, but all it's brought me is pain. It's a decision she feels she has to make, and she feels like she has to make it alone. Yeah, Ruth and I packed up everything our family had left and went with Naomi to her homeland in Judah. But before we got there, she told us to come back here to Moab. We didn't want to, but she made it clear that she didn't have any more sons for us to marry. Her god was punishing her for something, and we would be taken care of if we came back to Moab. We fought about it a little, but in the end, what she said made the most sense. To me, at least. Ruth was still holding on to her when I left. I haven't seen her come back yet. I waited for Ruth to return home for a long time, but I guess she didn't leave Naomi after all, and both women have traveled together. Back to Judea. Brian? Three deaths in ten years. Not easy. We've got another program break, folks, but don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Jerusalem Daily News 3,000 Years in the Making. I'm Brian Wesley. The drought is broken. God's blessing has returned to the land of Judah. And Sam, it looks like the harvesters are hard at work collecting food. That they are, Brian. I'm here at the grain field outside the town of Bethlehem, and as you can see, it's been a good year for grain, particularly wheat and barley. I'm here with the owner of these fields, Mr. Boaz. Thanks for agreeing to this interview. My pleasure to be here, Samantha. So, these are your workers, right? What are they doing exactly? Well, right now it's harvest season, and as you can see, I've got a team of men cutting the grain with their scythes. The big blades on long sticks. Right. You see, they cut the stalks and then leave them on the ground for the women to tie together into big bundles. Then we take them to the threshing floor, where we separate the stalks from the seeds. Sounds like a long process. So who are the people behind the women? Hmm? Oh, according to God's law, Leviticus 23:22, I believe it was. Anyway, there it tells landowners like me not to pick the land clean when we harvest. But if a stray stalk of grain falls behind, we are to leave it there so the poor travelers can find something to eat. Of course, I know most of the poor here, and, uh... Huh. I don't recognize her, though. Pardon me. I don't believe it! What? What's the matter? It's Ruth! She's here! Ruth? You mean the one that went with Naomi? Yeah, she's out gathering grain behind the harvesters. Which, if I'm reading the situation right, means she's not doing that well financially. I've got to do some more digging. Good idea, Sam. We now turn to our local biblical scholar, Lionel Jacobs. Lionel, what can you tell us about what's going on here? Thanks, Brian. 
It's harvest season, and that means it's a time of hard work, but also a time of celebration. Celebration? You mean like a harvest party? Exactly. Back in these times, the harvest is all the food these people will have. And when God blesses them with a good harvest, that's reason to be happy and give thanks. So that's what we're seeing now. The workers harvest throughout the day, and in the evening, they celebrate the good harvest. Interesting. I'm getting word that Samantha Lewis is recording a conversation between Ruth and Boaz. Let's listen in. Yeah, don't pick up the leftovers back there. Go ahead and gather for yourself with the rest of the women up front. I'll make sure that no one bothers you. And if you're thirsty, there are water jugs over there for my workers. Help yourself. Thank you, Mr. Boaz, sir, but why are you being so nice to me? I'm not even an Israelite. I'm from Moab. I know. My foreman told me how you've been taking care of your mother-in-law after your husband died. How you gave up your home, your family, and your friends to take care of her in a place you had never even been to, and where you didn't know anyone. How you decided to stop worshipping the idols of your land and worship the God of Israel. I pray he will reward you for the good you have done, as you have decided to come to him for your refuge. Thank you again for your kindness. It's nothing. My harvest isn't over until a few days. Stay with my workers and you'll get all the grain you can need. Oh, and join us for lunch. Bread, vinegar, roasted barley. It's going to be great. I'll do that. Thanks. A lot to learn from that conversation alone. Sounds like Naomi's being taken care of by Ruth, and Ruth has decided to make the God of Israel her God, too. Yeah, I'm going to find out where they're staying and maybe learn more. Keep us up to date, Sam. Good work. We've got another program break, folks, but we'll keep you informed as this story develops. Welcome back to Jerusalem Daily, the Bible in a news broadcast format. I'm Brian Wesley. Last time, we discovered that Ruth is still taking care of Naomi and that she has renounced the gods of her homeland. Samantha Lewis has the story. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. That's what Ruth told Naomi when they left Moab and came to live in the house you see behind me. I was able to get an interview with Naomi a day or two after Boaz met Ruth, and she filled me in with the details. Well, I have to admit to being in pretty low spirits when we came back to Bethlehem. I felt like God was punishing me, making my life bitter for not trusting him. Pretty understandable. You had lost everything. That's what I thought, too. But I hadn't. God gave me Ruth. She's been more than a daughter-in-law to me. She's been the most faithful friend I have ever had. When I was trapped in my own misery, resigned to my own fate, Ruth went out and gathered food for us. And then of all the people to run into, she meets Boaz. He did seem like a really nice guy. Not just a really nice guy. He's one of my guardian redeemers. Oh, that's even better. Yes. That's where I started thinking. I'm old and not getting any younger. I won't always be here for Ruth, and she needs someone to take care of her. That's why I told Ruth to go to Boaz tonight and uncover his feet as he sleeps. He'll know what to do from there. Uh Uh-huh. Back to you in the studio? It seems that there's some sort of cultural practices going on here, and to help parse them all out, we've called in our biblical relations expert, Laura Ashcroft. Laura, welcome. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. So, let's cut to the chase, Laura. What is a guardian redeemer? So, back in this culture, it was a man's job to do all the business when it came to land. Women could own businesses, earn money and stuff like that, but if their husband died, the land would go to the closest male relative. That was the guardian redeemer. In this case, the closest relative would be the son, but since he's not living, his land passes on to another relative. 
That hardly sounds fair. What happens to the women in this scenario? That's the thing. It seems in this case the relative can't just take the land away from the ladies. He has to marry one of them, and when he does, not only does he own her property, but she has a claim on all of his, too, and this can get messy when men end up with more than one wife this way. I'll bet. So by marrying Ruth, Boaz would be bringing both her and Naomi into his household. Exactly. It was a way to make sure that the family took care of family members. That's what being a guardian redeemer means. All right, so one more question while we have you on with us. What is Naomi talking about when she said to uncover Boaz's feet? That's up for debate among us experts, but to keep it simple, it was an accepted way back then for women to ask a man to marry her. Men could just go and ask in public, but for a woman in Ruth's position, essentially a beggar asking a rich man to marry her, it could be embarrassing for both of them if she came out and asked in front of everybody. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Laura. Glad you could be with us today. Still to come, will Boaz take Ruth up on her offer and redeem her, Naomi, and the family property? You know where to listen to find out right after this. This is Jerusalem Daily, the news station a few thousand years later. I'm Brian Wesley. Bethlehem is abuzz with reports of Boaz, a rich businessman meeting with a relative to discuss some sort of deal. Sam, what can you tell us? That's right, Brian. After Ruth asked Boaz to marry her, she learned of a complication. There would seem that, though Boaz is related to Naomi's husband, there was another relation that was a little closer on the family tree. If Boaz wanted to make sure that Naomi, Ruth, and the land were going to be under his care, he would have to be a good businessman. I was at the gate when these two men met, and this is what they had to say. Good friend, how are you this morning? Boaz, it's been far too long. How is the harvest? It goes well. Now listen, I have something to talk to you about. Kind of a family business sort of thing. Come sit. I like business. And I like my family. You have my attention. Hold that thought. Village elders, could I have you witness this transaction? Hmm, witnesses and everything. Kind of formal, don't you think? I want to make sure this is official. You remember our relative Elimelech? Oh, yes. Went off with his family to seek greener pastures. He died, didn't he? Sadly, yes. And now his widow is looking to sell his land. As his relatives, we have the responsibility to redeem this land, and I'm very interested. But, since you are closer of a relative, you get the first chance. I remember that land, yes. That would be an honor to redeem. What's the rate the widow is asking for? Well, before you agree, you need to know that if you do redeem the land, you need to marry the widow of Elimelech's son so that the family line can be carried on. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. If I do that, then my property will be split with that uh, foreigner and my current wife, and that could, well, it'd be messy. You had better redeem the land yourself. You have my shoe on it. It's agreed. Hear this, witnesses and passers-by. I will redeem the land of Naomi, of her husband and her sons. I will marry her daughter-in-law, Ruth of Moab, to make sure the family line continues. And there you have it, Brian. Boaz has agreed to marry Ruth and buy the land from Naomi, making sure she and Ruth are both taken care of. Sounds like they are all going to live happily ever after. Well, according to the Bible, they do. Ruth and Boaz have a baby who become the granddad of a great king named David. The King David? David and Goliath David. That's right. And if you follow the family line even further, another king comes along born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger. 
the King of Kings. Simply marvelous. So what can we learn from this story of Ruth? For one thing, life can seem like it's never going to get better. Bad things can happen to us and start to look like God doesn't care. But like Naomi's story, God always has a plan. And though you may be struggling right now, go back to God and watch what He can do in your life. Another thing we can learn is how to be a good friend. Sometimes people we love go through hard times, like Naomi. But Ruth loved Naomi so much that she took care of her even when she could have gone home like Oprah did. It's that kind of selfless love that God tells us to have for each other. And God showed us that kind of love when He redeemed us by giving up His own Son. He paid the biggest price to bring us into His family, kind of like Boaz did in the story. A lot of good lessons, and if you want to read this new story yourself, check it out in the Bible. It's all in the book called Ruth. Pretty convenient, I thought. And from the news desk here at Jerusalem Daily on the Kids Corner, this is Brian Wesley. Have a great day.